want you to. It's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah. Let's not, what is it? Meta metadata. What do you call it? Meta. Meta humor. Let's let's watch the film. That's what it's about. It's not a conversation about the f- people who had a podcast yeah. who watched the right. film. Yeah. There's no. It's very liminal. Is what you're saying. Not subliminal. Pop eats itself. Pop will eat itself. So we want you to watch this movie with the sound off and listen to the podcast or, you know, go to YouTube and watch the video. Is everything synced up? We're going to be watching. Oh, what are we be watching this week? Today we are watching Brian's song, 1971. Brian's song, 1971. I don't need to help you with spelling of anything, but the 1971 (laughs) is 1971. And the channel we like, it's the only one you're going to find. It's like Veteran Show, Vets Show. What is it? Yeah, I see V-E-T-T-S-H-O-W-80. Vet Show 80. Or Vets How 80. And it's all one word, and it's the only channel you're going to find anyway. Brian's song. Brian's song. We want that version. We don't want the official YouTube version where you can buy it. No. 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 Don't do it. Don't do it. Be out of sync with us and... Go ahead and click Brian's song, 1971, hosted by Vets Show 80. Once this starts rocking, hit pause, move the timer to zero, zero, zero. We are going to have a celebrity comedian come on and join us, talk a little bit about themselves, give you some time to set up the movie. And when they say go, we're all going to press go and watch the movie at the same time. I'm very excited about this one, Carl. You know this the premise Me of this too. podcast. These are movies I read about and never saw. And let me say, I read a lot about this movie, but I've never seen a single cell. So uh-huh. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, so Carl's got a celebrity comedian. He's our producer. Let's give it up for Carl. You could, uh, Carl, what's your Venmo? What? It's uh, at, uh, I don't Carl. know. Anyway, don't. There Just is a Venmo. Don't give me money. Keep don't your money. Send, send physical money to the station. That's yeah. <laughs> care of Carl. Listen, it's tough right. being rich. I don't recommend it. Do not Venmo me. It's, yeah, it's, do not Venmo. We not, we're not going out of Venmo. It's a burden. Listen, you, you, you're itching with some Venmo money. Donate to the station at Mutiny Radio on Venmo. All right. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Give it to Mutiny. Give it to Mutiny. Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Jim McVeigh. Welcome, Jim. Uh, thanks for having me. Now, you are a comedian extraordinaire. You are out there on the scene. Now, you're just back from Colorado. Tell us what the comedy scene's like out there. Is it very different? What's the contrast? Uh, well, uh, I was kind of in, like, the hood and the suburbs. I didn't do any, like, clubs downtown or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, but my buddy, John Maggs, does... Uh, some great shows he's like filling rooms and doing you know some pretty cool alternative stuff uh, i know he's got like a private event at the international church of cannabis and he gets super <laughs> high in there but i mean the town is weird as there's like a the rocky mountains in the back majestic and yet you know homeless people with catheter bags swinging around uh-huh well you gotta just Glad I brought you on just to cheer up our audience. Talk about the comedy scene, and we're hearing about homeless with. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So how is John Mags doing now? He we, we know him from Scotty's. That's a place where you and I got to know each other. 
Uh, he went out there maybe two years ago, three years ago. How, how's he doing out there? You just said he's having great success with uh, being a producer. Well, yeah, he's hosting some shows. He's got uh, Grandpa's House Brewery and the International Church Comedy. I mean, all the, the comics, the local people I met down there said he's got the best shows in town. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I guess maybe he was having trouble getting on stage and he decided to just, you know, put on better shows. And, uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. His, his own. His jokes are fucking funny. He's just gotten way funnier. He's got like a really good following. And it, the community is, is cool. I mean, I. I only met about like eight comics, but uh, between the couple shows, but mm-hmm. they were all really nice, really funny, different walks of life. So, you know, it's a little, it was refreshing, I guess. Now, I know that you're very serious about studying comics. That's why I see them all right there behind you. <laughs> I got the comics. <laughs> that was hilarious. Now, Jim, you took a bit of a hiatus from comedy for a short time. What? What 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 was that all about, and what brought you back to us? Uh, well, I'm super uncomfortable doing the, uh, you know, this type of thing. So I I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't want to do any of those virtual shows or anything people were doing during lockdown, and uh, you know, just general depression and <laughs> uh, laziness, and um, but. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to tell all the jokes that I'd been writing, hang out with the you and other my other friends that I've, you know, made doing open mics over the years. Now that now okay, so during that time in which you were taken off, you weren't inactive in terms of comedy because you've got this cartoon you're working on. It's a television show. It's a tell us about this robot. Tell us about the concept. Of, what, what are what are we going to see when this thing comes out? Uh, so, so, uh, our buddy, you met him, uh, Daniel is, Daniel Crow, he's a really funny guy from uh, yeah. Delaware, he's always working, always. always on the road, uh, got kind of, you know, dry <clears throat> sense of humor, personality sometimes, I always envisioned him like an emotionless android, so, uh, but yeah, I developed the show, he's a, <laughs> he's an android that wants to learn how to do uh, stand up, uh, <laughs> learn about emotions. So he goes from city to city doing, uh, you know, road work and uh, somehow ends up fighting a monster just about every episode. But, you know, I worked really hard. You know, it's going to be cool. There's a nice uh, story arc and ties into some other cartoons I did. So it, it mm-hmm. should be funny. You know, every episode is going to have, you know, feature funny friend of ours. Um, do a few jokes and um, and then cool action scene. My roommate and I make some cool music to it. So you know, if you like uh, offensive stand-up comedy and science fiction and horror and uh, you want to laugh and you know see some crappy animations I made, then the show for you. <laughs> Who doesn't love it, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now the last thing I wanted to raise is something you'll object to. You won't appreciate me bringing up, but I got to do it. I got to do it. We all know the Oklahoma City bomber, okay? Timothy McVeigh. Tim McVeigh. And many times when you've been brought up as Jim McVeigh, people make comments about Timothy McVeigh, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it is the perfect marketing opportunity 
for you to be named Jimothy McVeigh. What do you say? Come on, James. Fair. Uh, you've been trying this for about eight years. <laughs> uh, I'll reconsider. I'm the, <laughs> you know the other comic, uh, the other Jim McVeigh from San Francisco? Yes, right. Yeah, He's in talking. the city now, so, you know, maybe it's time really? to change. Yeah. Maybe I should pitch him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, so uh, about that cartoon too. If you want yeah. to find it, it's uh, YouTube Water Closet Cartoons with a K, not a C. Yeah. Water Closet Cartoons, and that's a channel on YouTube. Yeah, with a K. K L O S E T closet. Yeah, because apparently it's easier to Google search things that are misspelled. Listen, how can people uh, find you out there on the internet besides this YouTube channel, Water Closet Cartoons, like uh, follow you on Instagram, see what you're up to, what's your social media handles? Tell us now how to know to, uh, what's going on with Jim McVeigh. Uh, I mean, I don't really have much lined up besides just working on my set, um, working on the cartoon in the meantime. Mm -hmm. I guess you can follow my Instagram. It's Jim J. McVeigh. And uh, I post pretty uh, irregularly. I think uh posted some of the Denver stuff in the last post for 2018. Uh-huh. Don't get too excited if you follow me. <laughs> okay, way to get them going. <laughs> All right. Okay, now, thank you very much, Jim McVeigh. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this film at the same time as we do here in the studio. So everyone at home must press play on their device at the same time we do right here in the studio. So why don't you go ahead, Jim McVeigh, and give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, engage. Thank you, comedian, celebrity comedian, for your celebrity comedian countdown. Much appreciated. This is a TV movie, but we have the Columbia title screen. Yeah, that's right. That doesn't make sense. This was Screen Gems. Screen Gems. Oh, Screen Gems has that terrible outro. Do you remember that, that their, their logo? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Ronnie Asher made a short called The S from Hell, if you ever want to check it out on YouTube. It has Screen Gems. Oh, right. Oh, are we in Chicago land? Yeah, we're in Chicago land, I guess. And we're going to the training camp of the Bears. It's the training camp of the, the uh, Chicago Bears. And it, wait, so we're not in Chicago land. Excuse me. Uh, here it is. Okay, St. Joseph's College, U.S. Highway 231 in Wheatfield, Indiana. Hmm. And this is the Chicago Bears training camp. It's their real training camp. They look like cows in the field. Is he going to go tip a cow? <laughs> and here this comes... This is their real training camp. Yes, yeah, their real training camp, and those are real players. And this is Billy J. D. Williams. Oh, great. Who is playing Gale Sayers. And he is right now meeting for the first time Brian Piccolo. Oh, he oh he Brian does is Brian's song on a piccolo? Uh huh. <laughs> oh. Brian's song is on a little piccolo. Does he think it's ironic that it's his song and he, his last name is a musical piccolo? Instrument? Right now, this this song Brian's song was a hit because the seventies were 
they were yeah. it was crazy yeah why would you but yes uh, a show a tv movie song became a big hit why don't you listen to it for a second because like uh-huh. whenever said, i'm feeling kind of low and depressed well i asked you a question well, you said, uh-huh. you know, a lot of guys wouldn't have talked to me at all but not you you just said uh-huh just like that right out <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. you saw that joke coming now this writer is a good in. writer, oh, but you saw uh, that, that building over there. That's uh, that's where Hallis is. Okay, you can mute it again. Oh, what okay. I just wanted to show is that there's a rival between rivalry between these two men because they're competing for the same position. Okay, right. Now, what he does is is Piccolo fucks with Gale Sayers. He he tells him that the coach. Okay, the coach's name is Hal. Um, one moment. Yeah, it's it's Coach George Hollis, and Hollis. and Piccolo is telling him that he's he you got to stay on the side of his good ear. Okay, he's deaf in one ear. I think it's the left. I don't know. You got to stay on the side of his good ear. So during the conversation, he'll be jumping around, getting out of his correct ear, and of course, he's got no hearing problem at all. Oh, he's just messing with him. him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jack Warden is Coach Hollis? Yeah, Hollis. now, I think he was in one of our other films we saw, and I couldn't I find him. I would not be surprised. Bernie Casey, yeah. I recognize. Let's see if we recognize. Don't know, Shelly. She's one Lord of the wives. Now, that's the big Lebowski, David Huddleston. Huddles, Huddle. Oh, is he, he, is, is he Lebowski? Not in this film. Oh, no, but in well, Lebowski. He's got a dry mop. He's got no bucket. <laughs> Andy's that wife one does. Buzz George Killick. Thomas. Buzz Kolick. Cool name. Oh, there's Jack. Look at Jack, man. How old do you think he is? In his forties, fifties, twenty-five? Question. Now, Billy D. Williams is in his early thirties, right here. He's playing a guy who's in his super early twenties. Wow. Yeah, he's definitely young, Billy D. Williams. Now, Billy D. Williams. This movie made him. This movie is really popular. I mean, I know yeah. South Park did a, when they finally killed Kenny off, they did a parody of this movie. <laughs> did they? Yeah, he was in the hospital bed and people would tear up. He rose to stardom after starring in the critically acclaimed television film Brian's Song, 1971. Both Williams and James Conn were nominated for Emmy, Emmy Awards. Wow. Um, Williams said the role was one of which he was most proud. It was a love story, really, between two guys without sex. It ended up kind of being a breakthrough in terms of racial division. You see, the big racial thing on this film is that a white man and a black man were never roommates before in the NFL. And since, you know, they made roommates by the position you played, by the, by, you know, because you have to have camaraderie with the guys in the line with you. Do so, you really? I don't want to sleep with them. So they, they broke that rule. So now he keeps hopping around, and it's frustrating Jack Warden. So so do they both get the position, then, that they're trying out for? No. Oh, no, wait, Brian gets... Well, go ahead, turn the sound on a little bit. Sure. Give me a sec. You know, you've got moves, but you don't have to show them to me now. I know you've got, got moves, man. Like a, like a pauper in a pay toilet. 
Well, I was just trying to get on the side of your uh, uh, good ear. Good ear? Good ear. What are you talking about, what are you kid? talking about, good ear? <laughs> uh, the bears. You got the uh, bear punked. Uh, <laughs> All right, you can mute it again. He just yeah, realized. Oh, I, want to, uh, I want to see his reaction. Oh, fucking with me. Uh, uh, never mind. Now, never Billy mind. D. Williams oh. is really doing Gale Sayers, who was very... Is shy the right word? He thought Billy played him too shy. Now look, these are real who people, wants right? To sit right next to him, the last guy he wants to sit next to him, Brian fucking Piccolo. Oh hi, Dick. Right. He's trying to psych him out. Now right? here's JC. Yeah, he's trying to psych him out exactly because he's competing for his position. Here's JC, and this is Bernie Casey. Yeah, I don't. We might know him from our show. I'm not sure. But um, he was a real football player and who switched to acting. There's there's a lot of those stories, including Dick Butkus, who was – this is his first film ever, Dick Butkus. Interesting. He made the uncanny decision not to change his name. Listen, yeah. Dick, do you, want, do you want to go with, a, like, a stage name? Like, uh, Already got name? one. You're kissing <laughs> my butt. It's Dick Butkus. Well, what, what kind of name were you thinking for? What kind of show business name were you thinking for me, Dick Buckus? Uh, I don't know. Richard, not ass, not kiss. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little distracting. Okay, now what happened now is Brian Piccolo was talking to him when they should have been listening. So, of course, Gail gets caught. Gail, are you talking? Well, did you know that's a $50 fine? Well, you just got one. So now. Piccolo's find him. But look, Jack Warden sort of knows what's going on, so he wants to embarrass right. Piccolo. So he's going to make Be Piccolo sing a fight song, like a, you know, a our team, yay, our team from his old alma mater. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Is Brian's that, is, song. That's what I was going to say. Brian's going to sing a song in a movie called Brian's, Brian's song. song? But the thing is, I don't know if this is why they call it that, because he will sing this song maybe two or three times in the film. Wow. No, yeah. You can put the sound on, but there's nothing there. He doesn't even, he sucks, and everyone. Oh, laughs. here's to Wake Forest. Please mute it. Please mute it. No, I want to hear it. No, Gail puts his mashed potatoes on the seat. On Ryan's seat. seat. Now, Reagan in the Reagan. I just Nothing want to compliment to James Kahn on his acting here, because when she sits in the mashed potatoes, he's got to be right. cool. He doesn't want everybody to know he's got mashed potato butt. Ah, uh, he gave that look like uh, honeymoon in Vegas. What am I doing here? Hey, why don't you? Let me see. Why don't you? Hmm, you already did. Was there a sound effect? Squish. <laughs> no, that would have been good. <laughs> we'll be back. Brian's song returns. Da -da 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 -da. Was this ABC? Yeah. This was an ABC movie of the week, 1971. Now, Ga Brian Piccolo dies in 1970. So they're like, pow! Book and movie! <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the book, this was written, okay, Gail Sayers made an autobiography in 1970 called I Am Third, which might mean, I don't know, his draft 
pick. Right. In the, I don't know what it means. But this was only was, one chapter, a chapter on Brian Piccolo. It's wait a minute. So this guy wrote his own memoirs and they took one chapter about another guy and, and turned it into a movie? Exactly right. But you know what I don't understand, Mike? Why would he make an autobiography before he's had a career? I mean, he started in 1965. He got Rookie right. of the Year. So Gail Sayers has a career here of five fucking years, and he's already putting a book out. But didn't you say, like, he broke, like, he was the first guy to, to have a white roommate? Well, I... Is I mean... That, yes, he was. What is it? I mean, the world didn't say... You know, I mean, a black man voting, a black president. I mean, these are milestones. <laughs> a black man is a roommate of a white guy. That's not yeah, really. Yeah, Jimmy Codd's a roommate. Oh. <laughs> now, so... James Con did not want to do this film because he didn't want to do TV anymore. And yeah, he read the script him. and he said, yes, I'm doing this film. He loved the script. Well, can you imagine as an uh, actor, as a male actor, getting a role like this? Good. You you get to be a sporty sports guy, and then you get to be vulnerable. Well, he played he played football in high school, so he had to like force himself to run slower than Billy D. Williams. He had to make mistakes on purpose to make Billy D. Williams look better. Nice. Turn up the sound because this is the first like scene in which they start. Hey, Paris, to... I did say thank you. I know. Well, that mm -hmm. usually calls for a response, like... Check uh, this out. This is funny, man. You're welcome, or how's your mother? Something. How's your mother? How's your mother? Well, she's very fine. Thank you for asking. <laughs> you're welcome. Jesus, you're hey, welcome. You're welcome. Uh, you can be... This is the first time that they have romantic feelings towards each other. For the first time right. No, Billy D. Williams was... I mean, uh... He made Gail. He made Gail laugh. So for the first time, Gail's like, maybe Piccolo is not so bad. Right. Maybe I want to sleep with him. Now, do you? Does the story of Piccolo like was that national news? Like, I'm just trying to place yeah. the chronography. Like, yeah. So the story was a big story before this movie came out. Well, yeah, Piccolo was a play, a big player. I mean, he was no Gail Sayers, but he was a big part of the success of. Now they didn't go to the playoffs. They didn't. It wasn't the greatest season, but. As far as the team, he was a big part of Chicago Bears' success that year, and uh, for multiple years. Then all of a sudden, he starts playing not as well, Piccolo, and they take him off the team. The next thing you know, he's dying of cancer and is dead. So it was big news, at least, maybe not national, I don't know. but in And, and you know, yeah. I saw this film as a kid, Mike. It made me cry. This was the yeah. first film I ever saw as a little, I mean, I don't know, was... 1970, so I was, I was, eight, seven, six. yeah. Six. But I mean, I didn't see it when it air, first aired. I saw a rerun. I went to my mom and I said, "Oh, this movie so such." She was like, "Don't bother me, kid." She did not console me. <laughs> mom, who's doing that to football? Yeah, this was a a big, big, big pop culture moment. This movie. Yeah, there's it was big okay. All the way on the left. Now, you know he was the title role in Santa Claus the Movie from the 1980s? Well, I only know that because I have his credits here. I don't right. know that movie.
Well, I'm an old timer in a lot of ways. What that means is I'm a racist in a lot of ways. Oh. But I don't think it's all that common for a man of my age to... It's, you know... Want to be used to like the things, way are. things are. Be comfortable. We blacks stay over there. We whites stay <laughs> over here. What's the big deal? Down to is that What's it? Warren stays on this side. Ed seems to think it's a good idea. What? I guess maybe we are due for some changes around here. I want to, I want to wait for Lebowski's voice. No, it's not that simple, Gail. <laughs> now, J.C.'s idea, and yes, I did agree with it, is that this is 1965. Wow. And we'd like the bears I to suggest you do what your parents did and get a job! So we'd like you and Brian Piccolo to room together. What? That's it? That's the big deal? That's oh, all. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all? That's what this is about? Is that all? Yeah, I... You had me worried. I thought it was something. Now they're really, gonna see the N-word. You might want to mute. Man, you're talking about a white man. To... All right, I'll mute. Our show doesn't need to have that word. Okay, well then, this is a bad song. Uh, I'm sorry, Brian's <laughs> song. This is a bad movie to pick because they will make, they will say the N-word. James Cons will say the N-word. He says chicken N-word, mm. but when he uses the N-word. Dale Sayers and his wife think it is hilarious in this script. And that's probably reflecting of real life because it was in his autobiography, I guess. Right. Have you ever read the autobiography? Is this something that no. you read? You know, I enjoy watching football. I'm not one of those people who likes to understand everything about the players, especially their real lives. Yeah. And that's true for everything for me. I love well, rock bands, and I'm not interested in who's sleeping with who and who's lost their house and who's on heroin, you know. Right. But, you know, uh, although it does help you appreciate Johnny Thunders more if you know that he was on Chinese Rocks, he was living on Chinese Rocks. Okay. This, uh, <laughs> I think I'll appreciate him less and be happy with it. I feel kind of bad because, you know, with our our podcast of several years – I've been forcing you to actually get the details of movies. <laughs> yeah. So you may not give a shit about like the players, but you're needy. You have to. Movie it's like, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, James Caan, this film actually put him a little bit over the top, even though he was already. Um, okay. He had been in El Dorado. He had been in. Robert Altman's Countdown, which is a, a name we should I never know. Even it. Heard I, don't of know. It. I never even heard of that movie. We bet should we Fra Francis Ford Coppola is the Rain People, okay? Right. And he was right. like, "I'm a movie star now. I'm not a TV guy anymore. I'm not doing this film." And the agent would say, "Well, they really want you." No, I'm not. And he goes, "Hey, I got in the mail the script. I told you I don't want to do this film. Read the script. I read the script, but I'm not doing it." Then he read the script and. So after this, he became Sonny the very next year, Sonny, uh, 1972. Sonny Corleone. You see, he goes, I'm pissed off because I'm probably not going to make the team. I'm probably going to get... Okay, turn it up. This is Dick, but Dick Butkus. Oh. In the center. I'm making the team, gentlemen. Well done. Wait, so who? The mustache? Kind of yeah. On the Haitian of new men. Jesus, well, now that you've made the team, it's really yes. like you're one of us. Oh no, initiation. Welcome right. to the Chicago Bears! But, well, uh, you don't see 
is the actual hazing. And this is a movie. I don't think that's a good idea. You know, this is a movie, so we need to see something. We need to be what, thrilled. What, the and... noodles poured on their head? Look at yes, this. Yes, we need to see it. There's the wives. Now, this is real footage of... Yeah. Yeah, this is actual... And I got to tell you, as a football fan, the helmets look very funny because they are... Like, today's helmets look like space helmets, right, of the astronauts. But so to it's, protect it's, your head. Yeah, it's so thin... And they just have that face guard. It's very different from today's helmets. Look at these towels from the 70s, man. They really go around the waist. There's a lot of improvements in towel technology. But, yeah, the yeah. old school towels, they would go around your waist. <laughs> now, Piccolo's fucking with them again, even though they're roommates and friends now. He's going, what you call the defense? A bunch of cowards? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like, he goes, well, we had a good off defense you know i mean we had a good um you know and we just all right whatever what we so missed is... is brian piccolo was like i probably didn't make the team and then gail sayers was like well they wouldn't make us roommates if you didn't make the team and he was like hey yeah that's right and he got all excited and they went to call their wives and that's when they were initiated but right now we're watching a real game right this is yeah, not this like is an gail exhibition game this is Rookie oh. of the Year, 1965, Gail Sayers. Oh, wow. So this is actually number 40 himself. Yep. Touchdown! So, this, so they made the team if they're actually playing a game in the season, right? Like, well, I know okay. that... Yes, but you can still get cut. There's an initial period. Okay, now we meet the wives. Ooh, a pizza hut. Now, Gail is very shy and very quiet. And hopefully the defense goes the same way. Yeah. Well, okay, this is like a, the word isn't mansplaining, but it's one of those situations in which the men are talking about, like they're talking shop, and the women are pretending it's so interesting and, and funny. Go ahead, go ahead, listen. I figure she's going to get really foxy on the contaminants. <laughs> Very same play. Um, trap play is also called a sucker play because it makes the defense look real bad when it works. And the fence, they don't like to look real bad. Well, the reason I wanted to, he makes a joke, and Gail is very shy. So his wife goes, Gail made a joke. Okay, how's the family, Rose? I was afraid to get up, I figured not everything was going to come with me. Uh, you have never seen anyone yeah, so black and blue in your life. <laughs> it's like a room with a color play again. Oh, because he's blue. Gail told the joke. Ah, Gail got jokes. You know that expression? Gail got Gail jokes. Got jokes. Yeah. Oh, Gail got jokes. Hey, everybody. Gail, Gail he speaks. Jokes. He speaks. <laughs> He was a very shy person, and there was a remake of this film in 2001 by Disney Channel. And Gail really? Sayers he liked, he said he liked the remake better because Billy D. Williams just played him too shy. But the truth is, he, he played was. him accurately. I mean, there's going to be this scene in which uh, Gail Sayers up, gets up to accept an award and make a speech, and he basically just stands there. I mean, it's recorded, Gail. This is you. He's not faking right. it. Wow, this is really incredible, this archival footage. 
Yeah, did you see him juke the um the Yeah. Rat? He ran. He ran a little long. I think I understand football. You see, football, the differences between football and baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a, everything. You ever see that Church Carmen bit? No. Oh, is In that one I football. should check out? Well, you know what? You should, if you ever have an opportunity to watch, I think the first episode of Saturday Night Live, George Carlin does his difference between football and baseball bit in one okay. of the many opening monologues. So you, you'll see it. It's a famous bit of his. In baseball, you got to go home. But in football, you got to kill the other guy. <laughs> he was a true genius. He would take a lot of expressions and, and bear new light to it. So that was a good bit. He's whistling. Well, yeah, you see, they've been practicing his speech and getting all ready because they're good friends now. And he's about to get up and give his speech. Uh, don't, don't mess up, Mike. <laughs> you thank Go ahead, you, Carl. Let's hear his speech. And, uh, <clears throat> I'd like to thank you all for this honor. It was not really right. I was to say to give it to one man. It's football is about a team, and he's got a whole thing prepared about the team. Okay, just get to it, Brian. Uh, no, not Brian. Gail, living guy. Gail Sayers. Yeah, right. Gay. <laughs> Gay Sayers. Anytime, Gail. Yeah. Right okay. <laughs> I did not like the that whole thing. Now look. The speech is there, and it's a continuity error. It's clearly a blank piece of paper. Oh. Well, then it's he said everything he... he said everything he needed to say then. Yeah, that's right. He followed his speech. Good one, Mike. Good one, Mike. <laughs> hey, man, I could do sports humor like the rest of us, like the, like the rest of us guys. Williams' film debut was Last Angry Man, 1959, but he came to national attention in the movie Brian's Song, 1971. Earned him an Emmy nomination. He didn't win it for Best oh. Actor. Basically, this, this gave him a career, the, his appearance in this. And guess who it didn't give a career is Lou Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. was cast to be Billy D. Williams' part and play Gail Sayers, but then yeah. he was like working out and he, he ripped his Achilles tendon and he was like crying in his cornflakes because it was his big shot. And the producer was like, don't worry, man, we'll get, listen, I got this thing coming up. It's called Roots. I'm putting you in it. So that's oh. it. He became Chicken George and he yeah. became a very famous person that we saw as a wrestler. Am I wrong? It was Thunderground? Thunderground, good one. Um, you know, this is the one where, like, the kids take over the soda shop and make it into a bar. Oh, this is the Living Zoo the Crew. Trailer. Zoo Crew? Yeah, ben yeah. Wasn't yeah. that Ben Vereen? Ben, uh... That was Ben Vereen living in the trailer. Okay, yeah. so... Ben Vereen just happens to have a club, but he lives outside in a trailer. Okay, Good never movie. mind. I'm confusing two people. It wasn't Lou Gossett Jr. All right. Well, now they're double fisting. Oh, they got pizza again? What they're saying is, here, like, it's like, who made the the next? He's got the thing like who's on the oh, next no. team? Yeah, and Brian's not on it, and but he got first starting guy, right? Yeah. So poor well, Brian. Gil's, poor Brian. Come on, pizza's getting cold. Black magic. 
Um, he calls him black magic, and yeah. Gail calls him pick, as in piccolo. But oh. the true his true nickname. Uh, Brian Sayer's true nickname was the Kansas Comet because he went to school in Kansas. I don't know. No, but that, I mean, like, I thought they really raw off the tongue. Hey, so Carl, like, what's up? Everything's Kansas. going. <laughs> Comet. Comet. Yo, Casey. Okay, so everything Casey. is great with the world, right? I mean, Brian, yeah. he's on the bench. And, okay, Gail, Gail is taking the position, like, Brian is not starting he's sitting there waiting for gail to get out of the game and then brian gets to go in but oh no what happened what in a sports movie if you fall in slow motion something fucked up going down oh now it's regular motion i'm in pain i'm in pain <laughs> damn it damn it says jack warden now this is real footage. This is Gail That's Sears. That's his wimpiest moment. God, can you imagine like having a movie about your life and you have to rewatch the moment you got fucking banged <laughs> up? That's right. Yeah. So now they're driving in the grass. Yeah. Fuck it. No, it's a driveway, and not only is it a driveway, but it's the house of Bewitched. They're gonna walk into the television set of Bewitched. Believe it or not. <laughs> Right, because uh, 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 what's what was her mom's name? Agatha. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that was the daughter. What was the daughter? Tabitha. Yeah, yeah. Tabitha. Which, no, you know, Esmeralda. Was... That was her. Do you remember Tabitha had a late seventies spinoff show? Like she was an adult witch. I remember was, that, uh... that was a true thing, but I never. Yeah. You know who played Tabitha? It was Lisa Hartman from Entertainment Tonight. Interesting. Okay, here is Bewitched set. They're at a television station uh, set right now in Los Angeles. It's a little different, right? Different chairs, different TV set. Uh, no. Uh, well, maybe you're right. I don't know, but do you recognize it? Does muscle memory no. in your head go? That's Bewitched house. No, no. Like if you showed me Brady Bunch's house, I would know it. Uh, <laughs> no, this is. That would be so funny, Carl, just for a movie to have an interior of the Brady Bunch house and not call attention to it. <laughs> if you showed me, uh, like, Ricky and, and uh, Lucy's bedroom, I would know it. Sure. Family matters, too. Um, I pretty much know that house by heart. Yeah. Her, now, this yeah. is a, like, I'm feeling sorry for myself scene. Like, I said I was okay! Now get out! But not that. Men and their feelings. You think this movie, like, the reason why it's such a pop phenom was that it was men and their feelings and love for each other. and Yes, but I, I think it also had to do with the popularity of football and the racial component and that it was apparently a quality film. You know, <laughs> this this thing, Nielsen ratings, it was 32.9. It had an audience share of 48%. Half the country that watched TV that night watched this. That's nuts. Now, it was the most watched made-for-TV movie ever, but not for a long time. Uh, the right. Night Stalker in 1970. Okay, somebody's in the basement. Who's that in the basement? What the fuck is this shit? 
Well, that knee ain't going to fix itself. Go uh -huh. ahead. Pick this thing, guys. Pick, piccolo itself. Yeah, what the hell was that thing? What it is, which is a leg lift machine. What for? For. Well, uh, getting that knee back in shape is not going to be a take it easy proposition. So I set I'm it up in the basement so you have to walk down the stairs. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Uh, I'm not afraid. Ouch. 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 Mike, don't Ouch. you dare, Mike. Don't you make a mistake. Ouch. 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 Okay, now. <laughs> you ought to be afraid, I am not afraid. I'm just tired of being bugged by reporters. Linda, you. Hey, you, know, you are a real charmer, Sarah. I mean, an absolute saint. Look, maybe you think it's a real friendly thing hey, to do. Hey, you can stick that in your ditty bag, too, you that, dumb jackass. Ditty bag. Whoa. You dumb jackass. Now, the towel's going to disappear. Yep, towel disappeared. Yep. He called him a what? Ditty bag? He said, put it in your ditty bag, you chicken. I don't know what he said. But listen, I, even though I've, this is my fifth time because were, we were going to do this yesterday. So I was like, all right, I'll watch it one more time if I've got the time. <laughs> Fuck, I said to see this goddamn film. And I didn't cry. But how's your chest hair, Carl? Like, do you grow chest hair every time you watch Brian's song? <laughs> if I could grow chest hair, I would. So, <laughs> so what's happening here is he's saying, look, I'm not helping you because you're my friend. I'm helping you because, like, it, when I was in high school, I was the greatest this and the greatest that. But unfortunately, there was a guy better than me. So even though he led the country and such and such, there was a guy, you know, he had to play second fiddle. Same thing happened when he went to college. Now he's in the pros and he's the greatest, greatest, greatest. But there's a, he's second fiddle again. So he's like, now he's the starter because Billy D. Williams is out. So what he wants to say is, I want you coming back. I don't want anybody saying that I got a lucky break. I want to beat you legitimately. So we're going to get your knee back in order so that nobody can say I'm not the greatest because of me. That's his that's, whole deal. That's a really nice thing to say to someone down on his luck, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that's actually a good speech. Yeah, and it it's, it's uh, the truth is, and you can see it through the film, he really is doing it because he loves this guy. He's a good yeah. friend. Now, remember, in real life, this was happening. Not exactly like this. We don't know what the real life was, but we're talking about 21 and 22 years old here. Right. I mean, this wow, guy so... died. He didn't get to live. You know, like, you're born, now you're four. You're really not living yet. You're eight. Like, it isn't until your high school you can see what it's going to be like to have a life, Right. He's graduating, he goes to college, and then he's dead. What a ripoff. Right. What, you mean the, the college admissions were like, we're not going to get money for junior and senior year. <laughs> Tuition money's gone. So what he's doing now is he's hearing Brian Piccolo do great <laughs> on the radio. So he's like, I've got to get better. Fuck this cane. So now he's yeah, he like. in the trash. Perfectly good cane. Perfectly good cane. If I saw a cane in the trash, I'd be like, what's the story? <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody beat yeah, up an somebody's old somebody's dead. <laughs> so now we see, oh, the... it isn't your Rocky montage or anything, but we do see like him tr without music and c fast cuts. Okay. 
We see him working hard to get back in shape, and we see Brian helping him. It, it's a big. I mean, he's playing professional football, so it's like get back in shape to play, re play professional football again. That's yeah, the, the stakes are high. It's not just like get back so that you can walk again. It's get back so that you can be the athlete you used to be. It, it's it's asking a lot. Cut. I love James Conn's hair throughout the decades. He yeah. always had the best hair. Look at that. I'd love to have hair like that. <laughs> What's so great about it? Just regular hair. No, he's got the curls, tight curls. It looks good. <laughs> okay. So this was so popular that they tried to release it theatrically, but it really didn't work. It it was a they thought this was such a hit on TV, let's try it in the theaters, and it, it didn't That's interesting that because <clears throat> If it shows on broadcast TV in the early 70s, there's a good chance you're never going to see it again until they yep. like, do a rerun of it. So, you know, it's definitely water cooler, school next day at school kind of conversation. Did you see Brian's right. song? And then it goes away. So a movie gives you a chance to see it in a limited window, you know. Uh, the production was such a success ABC, uh, on ABC that it was later shown in theaters by Columbia Pictures. Now, that explains our opening logo, right? That explains, it's yeah. Amazing. Okay, so it was released. Of course, the premiere was in Chicago. However, it was soon withdrawn due to lack of business, and also it was theatrically released in, in Europe. I don't have much data on that. Okay, yeah. so now we have the scene when it's like, I'm healthy again. They're like, first one to the hot dog stand buys the hot dogs now look there's trouble okay oh. this is a famous scene them running in slow motion together you can see jimmy turn on Dennis. the brian song song oh this is the brian song song na, 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 na. this was a hit on 70s this was a hit. It's instrumental. It's instrumental. Now look, what's happened? Things aren't good. I did Papa. Ew. Papa Nibone. But wait. Ah. All the times I've seen this film, it's not clear to me if he was pretending. It looks like he did really fucked up. Yeah, it did. It does. But I mean, this is the scene that declares like you're healthy again. So if he just fell, you know. A Brian's song has no lyrics. It's an instrumental. Well, there are lyrics. There are lyrics. Let me go to the okay. song and tell you about it here. Okay. Bell Records released um, an album. There wasn't enough music to make a soundtrack because they just play, keep playing this song over and over again <laughs> so they to justify a long playing song soundtrack album legrand michael legrand did this uh release recorded brian's song themes and variations which included a oh. section of his um, other film projects but they released a 45 called brian's song um Theme to Brian's song called The Hands of Time, popular tune in the 70s, 
um, become it became a standard. It charted for eight weeks in 1972, number 56 on the Billboard Top 100. So that's not so high. Okay. But for a TV, one-time TV, a movie experience, that's pretty high. That's right. Won a Grammy Award for the Best Instrumental Composition. What, variations? We had one song and we stretched it to an LP? Here's no, the 45. The 45. Oh, 45. Okay, it's you. Song. Yeah. Hey, Coach Dangle. How's it hanging? Okay. Now we're supposed to see the shadow of the boom mic, but I really think it's no big deal. Over James Kahn's head to the right, you'll see okay. a shadow of I do, a bulb. I see it. It's all the way at the way top. It, it it's not even worthy of an internet mention in my Okay, turn this on. Turn this on. Okay. Let me like, do number one full bite. Hey, big. You like, and me starting back, Bill. What do you say? We're going to replace you as halfback. Keep it up. Keep it up. Coach, I didn't think it was That's possible, but I think you finally found the way to shut him up. <laughs> Look at him, Dice. He's a good he's, actor. Uh, you, he's a good actor. Did you ever follow his, twi uh, his Twitter account? <laughs> <laughs> No, I James think he Kong died, a, right? He died. Uh, he died yeah, he in 2022. Away. Yeah, pretty recently, 2022. His, his tweet account, he would always uh, end every tweet with the words, end of tweet. <laughs> like, like telegraph stop? Yeah. Now, this is real footage. The thing is, it wasn't the TV broadcast. It was somebody with a 16-millimeter film on the sidelines, you know, because that was the day. Right, because usually, like, if you watch a movie, like, if Disney Plus did Brian's song now, they would use CGI, and, yeah. you know, maybe they would get, you know, rent a space, but they wouldn't, this is really well done, I think. Well, because, maybe uh, what I should have done, instead of watching this film again, was say, okay, check out the 2001 Disney release. Yeah, but that's not your style, though. No, it's not. Watch the film. Okay, so yeah. now Brian Piccolo is in the peak of health. He's doing great all the time. He's he's excelling on stage, but he keeps losing weight. Why? There is no reason for it. He's eating. Uh -oh. Yeah, something's something's not right. It's so strange because we're halfway into this movie. So, yeah. like, I guess the third act is just him bedridden, or. <laughs> well, it's got its ups and downs. It's not just him bedridden, but, you know. The thing is, in Am real gonna... life, he had multiple surgeries. In this movie, it's like he had two. He had one which was supposed to fix him, and it didn't work, and he went in for a second one and died. But also, this is a – he had testicular cancer, and it's extremely treatable, uh, just not back then. Right. Uh, let me tell you about this cancer. The cancer began with the tumor near Piccolo's heart taking root in embiotic tissue. You know, you have that since you're born. It's your embiotic, uh, it's a little sac you're in. It, it recurred in his pectoral muscles, giving him a form of breast cancer, and it involved a lung. Oh, water boy. Oh, yeah. Thank you, water boy. Thank you, water boy. 
Okay, so uh, Brian Piccolo had a metastasized verse of testicular cancer, not mentioned in the film for reasons of delicacy on Prime TV. Testicle was a censored word. He underwent multiple extremely painful surgeries. He had a breast, you know, mastectomy, the removal of his chest wall, the removal of his testicle, which is called orchiactomy, and other things is a bullet point here. Uh, The surgeon was too gung-ho, a lot of people feel, because Brian's chances were virtually zero. The cancer at such an advanced state, there was nothing that could actually be done. They should have focused on his quality of life. Now, in 74, right? He just died in 70. In 70, 71, did he die? In 74, this doctor, Larry Einhorn, developed a regimen that had direct dramatic impact on this form of cancer. Today, this cancer, when caught at the right stage, is the most treatable cancer, and it beats leukemia in its treatableness. Uh, 70 cent per per chance, chance of survival he would have had and if somebody's testicular cancer is not metastasized, it's 99% survival rate. So he got born wow. at the wrong time. Yeah. Hey, uh, bad news. Uh, what's that? You have something, something cancer. Oh, this damn TV movie. You tell me I have something, something. Yeah, right in your somethings. <laughs> Please tell me where is the cancer? Uh, well, you it's know. somewhere. It's uh, you got into somethings. It's around your zone. Now, guess what? Brian Piccolo. I mean, Gail is being told by Jack Warden that Brian Piccolo is getting cut. He's going down to the lower team, the whatever it's called, AAA or the whatever. Farm. He's the just not performing. Yeah, the farm team. So, but it's not because of cancer. It's just that he's a shitty player now. They don't know about cancer. He's just a shitty player. He's not. <laughs> Did I say he that? kick our ass, okay? He's just not a hundred. He's at eighty percent, and the other guys are at a hundred. So in football, I'm tackling, but in baseball, it's an out. <laughs> <laughs> My George Carlin. So I, he, does he make baseball seem wimpy compared to football the whole time? That's the trick to a George Cadence, uh, George Cadence, a George Carlin Cadence. You would mm-hmm. say like, uh, in cricket, but in lacrosse, <laughs> All right, so let's listen. I here. don't, I don't need football. Football. That's not what he's saying. That is not what he's saying. I'm going to hold my breath until I get back on the team. Being treated in the damn Chinese restaurant. He's mad at the doctor. Be this, be that. Give him him a straight answer. He just tried it. Like a half hour left, so the last 20 minutes he's going to be having cancer? Why are you... Is it... uh, I let you run the film because you're so heavy on the mute button. I'm so liberal with the mute button. Yes, you're right. Let the men speak. That was a pointless game. I mean, I know perfectly well what's wrong with me. Uh oh. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm pregnant. (laughs) 
That's played your fat ass. People love this film, man. They loved it. Yeah. Oh no, this is like a big pop culture moment in America. The Chernobyl Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Now, look, I didn't mean for you to leave the mute button on forever. I just mean be a little more liberal. Gail Sayers wanted to play himself, which would have been sucky. It would have been horrible. Uh, it would have been the first time. Big Lebowski. Yeah. They got bad news. Carl, I don't think you would know this, but there was a, a World War II movie about a true story about a guy who who sacrificed a lot. He, he survived, but... He played himself in the movie. I think he got an Oscar. I, I, God, I wish I had my movie trivia. Uh-huh. Right at the tip little, of your brain. More attuned. But uh, I remember that. So people have... I'm trying to think of movies where the actual person plays themselves. Uh, yeah. Private um, parts? Right, private parts. But that doesn't really count. That's like a fake movie. It's, it was a star vehicle for him. It wasn't... Right. Uh, a retelling of a true story. I mean, it no, was, right. but it wasn't. Okay, so now oh, we're learning Brian has cancer. And uh -oh. he's not happy. He's not happy. It's something that Brian carried around inside him all his life. That's the embryonic fluid part. Uh, I kicked it off. You don't know whether or not they, they got it in time. I'm afraid they don't know that either. Now, you know Gail is shy and bad at public speaking. So he's like, I'll tell the team. They're like, you, Gail? Who's going to tell him? Uh, I'm not going to tell him. Tell you him. tell him. No. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell him. Yeah, he's my boyfriend. You, Gail? That's not me. Hey, guys, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Listen up. Good news right. is I'm over my public speaking fear. <laughs> the good news, I learned how to start an introductory, uh, how to start a speech. The bad news. <laughs> I don't know how to finish. Uh, Brian's got cancer. Now, he's not just saying, like, guys, Brian's got cancer. But one of the things I didn't mention that's a big deal in this film is who gets the game ball? The best player every game gets the game ball. So he's like, we should award the game ball to Brian Piccolo, who's not even on our team anymore, but he was just yesterday, and he's got cancer, so let's give him the game ball. So the thing is, they give him the game ball and go on to lose the game. So Brian Piccolo's like, come on, man. You give a guy a game ball. He's supposed to win the game. Right, Brian. We we talked. The team and I talked about it, and 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 you want me to play? No, we got you this ball. <laughs> right. To celebrate your cancer, we're bringing you a ball. To, to celebrate your testicular cancer, Carl. We're getting you a testicle. Here, here's the game testicle. You got me the game something something. It is 1971. Oh, he's giving a big speech. Yeah, go ahead. That is sick. Very sick. And uh, it looks like uh, <laughs> this isn't what I when I cried. I cried. You might never play football. Like at the last yeah. like death scene, we don't see him die. Yeah. But 
This is pretty brutal. I haven't seen this movie before. I know you've seen it five times, so I might be talking over the more sensitive moments. It's all right. I, maybe I saw it six because I saw it when it aired when I was a little kid. Right. But, but the thing is, maybe I was super young because, okay, 71, I was in East Orange, and I'm born in 66, so right. I was... Um, five? Yeah, maybe I was five. So it makes sense I would cry over somebody dying. Like, you go right. to watch it. I remember the first time I ever saw a television show from the beginning to the end. Because as you know, you didn't pick one and stream it. It was just rolling. Sure. You just turn it on TV. What an experience. I never knew what the fuck they were talking about on TV, you know? I would always be coming in in the middle as a little kid. Right. I remember the first time I saw a complete story from start to finish. Okay, the internet says this says it's a Los Angeles hospital, but we're supposed to be in Chicago, but I don't see a sign. No. Someone here yell, go Bears. Oh, no, it has to be Chicago. You hear that? <laughs> here he's going. You win the game. You're supposed to win, win the game. game. Stop busting my something, Brian. Now, <laughs> in this film, Bernie Casey is playing JC, JC Caroline, that guy right there. And, but as they're exiting the room, James Caan will go, thank you. Thank you, Bernie. He'll, he'll give him, he'll give Bernie a slice of pizza. It'll call him Bernie. And they left it in. Bernie Casey, record-breaking hurdler. He would throw hurdles for Bowling Green State University. Helped the 1959 football team win a small national college national championship, all-American recognition, U.S. Olympic trials in 1960, national honors, high hurdles, 58 through 60. All right, so I'm looking at his credits. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Never Say Never Again, I'm going to get you, sucker, Revenge. Turn up the sound. Turn up the sound. All right, all right. Hang on a sec. Give me me a sec. Forget it, Mike. Don't turn up the sound. Uh, you heard him, uh, did you hear him shuffling his feet? Take Gail down and have him. You can mute it now. Sorry, Carl. I was looking at Bernie Casey because I knew him from something. And, well, uh, he was now the I know. ninth overall selection in the 1961 NFL draft by I don't the 49ers, Sucker Free City. Yeah. Sucker Free City, I saw that. Now, the thing Sucker I know him Free. from is James Bond. The never say never again. Right. He was Felix, wasn't he? Right. The CIA agent. Yeah. Who didn't help when Fatima was going to kill James Bond. Right. I finally saw never say never. Never say never again. Was There was a loophole with Thunder. One of the earlier Bonds, some guy had the copyright. Like they shared the copyright. It was the Broccoli oh. family and this other guy. So they took Thunderbolt, the, the, the underwater movie that Connery was in, and they just redid it. Mm-hmm. So I oh, actually, I never, I never saw the original or the the unofficial remake. So I watched both recently. Okay, now the director does a good thing here, or the writer, and I haven't really told you about the writer yet. He's he's yeah. really for real. Um, so. They're in the cancer ward, and this little girl was like, I want Gail Sayers' autograph. So they came down to give him the autograph, and he goes, well, she's not with us here anymore. 
she's not with us anymore. And he's like, well, do you uh, have a forwarding address? And she's like, no, you don't get it. She is dead. So the direct uh, writer and director all, you know, clearly did that to show us the tragedy that's to come, Brian. Right. Well, if that okay. little girl passes away. Yeah. William Blinn is the writer's name. And he was all about television, you know, Rawhide, Gunsmoke, The Rookies, here, you know, Shane. But with Aaron Spelling, he created Starsky and Hutch. That's pretty good. Look also, at this. Look he at was there, his man. own producer. He made Eight is Enough and Fame. He wrote the movie Purple Rain. This guy was for wow. real. Carl, I just learned something about Eight is Enough, something I didn't realize as a kid. Yeah. That hour-long TV show had a laugh track. Eight is Enough had a laugh track? Right. <laughs> it I did that. It totally did. I was reading a book from 20 years ago, and it said the only two hour-long shows that had a laugh track, as per 2002, Eight is Enough and Love Boat. Love Boat sounds right. Okay, Love turn Boat this sounds... up. Turn this up. Okay, give me a second. Because you don't need a... Uh amount of wind or so what he's thinking side. about is what if i become a kicker i could be a kicker well, and i could be a well, i don't know ryan i mean i know expert on kickers and things yeah brian like don't you need to be out of the wheelchair come on, turn it up turn it up come on now don't make fun of me brian i'm scared what of what of what of you can't be serious. You know perfectly well what of. No, I don't. I swear to God, I don't, honey. Now look, I'm a, I'm no idiot. But this thing I got's bad. I know that. But uh, well, it's just a detour, Joy. Oh boy. I'm not gonna let it stop me. Yeah. Okay. No, it's just not. There's no way. I just wanted to show you this is real thing. He did not believe too much to do you, Joy. Believed he was going to overcome this and be back to whatever. Maybe not football. Well, no, he wanted to try to become a kicker. Because you don't have to, you know, it's not Pick it up. as physically. Pick it up, you dummy. Gail. Mr. Piccolo, calm down. Oh, damn. Calm Who's down. Sucking? The ball was wearing a white sheet. Did you hear that? Yeah, well, I was going to. There's a lot of that. Coming down. That's What's going on with you? I tell you, you're not liberal in a enough on the like mute button. So now you just yeah, leave you run. Well, oh, he's huh? She won a game. <laughs> That's right. Oh boy. Yeah. You didn't dedicate this one to me, though, did you? Nope. Oh, now he's so he's bedridden now. Um, well, he's still in the hospital. He's going to have his surgeries and everything. He really hasn't had the surgery yet. Gotcha. And boy, are they going to chop him up. But like we said, in real life, it's much more uh, than they show in the film. In the film, there's two rounds. He has one operation that's supposed to save him. Then they find out there's still more cancer. You got to have a second operation. It's like... That's when he realizes maybe I'm going to die. You know, he was trying to right. get over it. Like he fixed, uh, like he helped Gail fix his leg. This is what he was trying to do. I guess I should tell you about these wives as actresses. If you want to, they're not really in many scenes. I mean, I understand, you know, it's traumatic. 
to his girlfriend, his wife. No, they're, they, they're, you know, they're in the stands, they're laughing over dinner, they're at the award ceremony, they're at the bedside, you know, she's there when he comes home with the hurt knee, here she is right here. It's, it's, they, they called them in the middle of the night to come over. Okay, let me talk yeah, about her first. Joy sure, sure. Carl, I, I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to kill Mike Spiegelman. Except for that cool logo on his. Okay. She was Mary Stone in the sitcom Donna Reed show. None of us ever saw that. But you might have seen her in Coach from 89 to 97. She was Christine Armstrong. She won two Emmy Award nominations. But also, Shelley Fabris was the leading lady in Girl Happy, an Elvis Presley film. So... She is now saying that they didn't get all the cancer. They got to do another operation and somebody's got to tell Piccolo and she just can't bring herself to do it. Listen to Mike's wildlife in his backyard, my God. Okay, Judy Pace is the wom woman who plays Linda Sayers. Um, she, both of these women are still alive today. Um, Judy Pace was in a lot of black exploitation films. Uh, she played Vicki Fletcher on the TV series Peyton Place, which was way before our time and ended in 69. And she was also in another popular show called The Young Lawyers, which ended in 71. Sure. Um, I've, seen more Donna, I've seen more Donna Reed episodes than Coach. Really? Yeah. Donna Reed has that great theme song. They're cousins, right? Or no, I'm thinking Patty Duke. Fuck. <laughs> now, here comes some bureaucrat paperwork guy who's like, you have to sign your form, like, you know, because it's for the coming operation. But Brian Piccolo doesn't know. He goes, hasn't the doctor come to see you? No. Why would the doctor come to see me? Uh oh, awkward. Yup. So it was supposed to be the that Billy Dean here, hasn't he? He's talked to you, I mean. Oh, no, why? why? What oh, about? Little... I'll step back a little later. Oh, no, wait. No, whoa, 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 buddy. You can't just drop a bomb. What would the doctor have to say to me? No, I'll let the doctor tell you. Well, you're something somethings. You got <laughs> something something. There's a lump on your something. Listen, the good news is you get to keep Talk one ball. Me. Bad news is the football. Yeah, the bad news is it's the game ball for the game we lost. The show. And we lost the game. There's more of a tumor than they thought, Dick. They have to operate There's two again. more. Oh, man. That sucks. If someone went through surgery, that's the worst thing to hear. Well, the thing is, he thought he was on demand in recovery. He's made it through the surgery. Now he's got to focus on getting better. Now he finds that all his hope and everything. Forgive the music; it's TV. We can oh, see that's what right. Soundtrack. Let's let's do Brian's song instead. <laughs> So memorable. Da, na, 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 na. 
song. I've heard I've heard this song a million times. Hey Brian. Brian's song. That sounds like a like Sparks would do like kind of a fourth wall. This is a song about a song. Professional gets into a habit after a while. He gets himself ready for a game mentally as well as physically. Because he knows those two things are all tied up together. Right. So why don't you come back after the operation? Because he's going to be fine. He's 100% mentally and physically. And what Brian is saying is that you're scheduling the game before he can get ready. Couldn't it wait until over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he could then let it. Hey. You're not getting your signature, buddy. First thing Monday morning, Mr. Piccolo. Okay. I'll see you then. My quick conversation over. <laughs> Man, bad news. Ain't get a bad news bears. Bad news bears. Oh, it is. He's the original Bad News Bear, Brian Piccolo. <laughs> right. What was the bad news? He died of cancer. Oh, that too bad he isn't alive. If I ever met him, I'd be like, I loved you in Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears? I wasn't in Bad Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Brian's song. Should they rename Brian's song to Bad News Bear? <laughs> the bad he's news not a bear, bear right now, is he? He's in the farm. No, no, he's not even a bear. Okay, wait, I think I'm wrong. Brian Piccolo is 21 years old at the outset of the film's narrative. Okay, so he, that's five years. So he's like 26 right now, 25, 26. Really young. Yeah. Yeah. Another bad thing is that a bad thing about this film, and maybe one of the few bad things, is he's doing Brian Piccolo in a southern accent. It gives him a little charm, his drawl. But right. Brian Piccolo is from Massachusetts, so I don't know where this comes from. Oh, you know, Massachusetts, they have that southern draw. They're yeah, like, right. Let's get hella wicked pissed. <laughs> I guess they would say hella. <laughs> Why'd I throw it out? Hella? A wicked pisser. Oh, that's a Northeastern. It's a wicked pizza. Okay, now this is the most heartwarming thing, and it's real. Like, they have recorded, you know, the recording of his speech. He really did this. I'm sure Billy D. Williams does it better. Okay, let's listen. I'd like to say a few words about a guy I know, a friend of mine. name is Brian Piccolo. Pick. And he has a heart. Well, I can't play the piccolo, but I can play the flute. Would you like to see me and play the flute, Mike? Courage. Yeah. I was in the kid himself. Yeah. And I do. Cancer. Ah, Carl's leaving the room. He has a mental attitude. Makes me proud to have a friend who spells out courage. Yep. 24 hours a day, every day of his life. All right, I'll play it when it's a pause. And don't make fun of me. me. I haven't played in a while. No, it's no problem. I I have my recorder right here. 
But I say to you here now, Brian Piccolo is the man of courage who should receive the George S. Hallis Award. So his memoir just talks about Brian in a couple chapters. No, it's one chapter Brian about Brian Piccolo. And I think the name is Behind God and Family. I think that's the name. Wow. What a book title. The chapter. I love yeah. Brian Piccolo. Isn't that nice? I'm just going to cry. I'd like all of you to love him, too. Maybe I cried during this scene. I'm not sure. And tonight... He was great in the people. <laughs> Gosh, I haven't played him so long. I'm probably Please gonna... ask God love him. Okay. Awkward. This is the most awkward Dean Martin celebrity roast I've been to. <laughs> Nobody clapped. Right. Yay, I should have the original recording. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'm going to play. Yep. Hello, dial-a-joke. How are you doing? Whoa. Oh, I, uh, that's, you, I didn't realize you were a flutist. That's fucking flutist. <laughs> It, right. That's so cool. I'm a flutician. Well, how many instruments do you play? Well, I whistle the trumpet. I whistle the tuba. I whistle uh -huh. the, the piccolo. But that was just you whistling. You didn't even bother to blow the flute. No! You heard me play, right? I know. That's what I heard. Wait, did they do a weird swipe? Well, they did a... You're on one side of the phone. I'm on the other side of the phone. Now, basically what uh, Joy is saying here, not Joy, she's saying, come quick. You okay. come now because he's not going to make it. There's Big Lebowski. Right. Looking terrible. Well, I mean, you would too. <laughs> if I was Big Lebowski? <laughs> now, why is Big Lebowski there? Uh, you know what? He just wants to let Brian know he's still not on the team. This is probably the scene where I cried. I think we're at the end now. And not exactly the end, but real close. And he's sure. going to speak with... Privately speak with uh, Gail Sayers. Bad. The races. Thank you. The biggest from head to toe. You gotta believe. Brian, what's your Netflix password? Quick. Tell me. <laughs> what's your Netflix? What's your Netflix? Quick, quick, before you say it. No, Brian. Look at me, his focus. His real last yeah. words were, can you believe this shit? He was talking to his wife. That's his real last yeah. words. Can you wow. believe this shit? And died. Oh, that'd be fun. You sure it wasn't what's your Netflix password? 
It was not there. Oh, th this is actually pre Netflix. Even the DVD in the mail. I'm trying, yeah. I heard there's this movie called Star Wars. It's pretty I'm good. You think I'll. No. Mike, don't you dare click that by mistake. Get your hand off the mouse. What are you talking about, Carl? This is probably where I was crying as a five year old. Yeah, sure. Boy. Oh no, Carl. Uh oh. Oh, he was. You won't see him know. die. You won't see him die. Very convincing. Yeah. Though. Remember when you? Now I think this voice stuff is using his chest cavity and wall. You know, it it doesn't. Like I myself talk through my head. Yeah, Most people talk through their chest, and if you're missing right. your chest. The way you sang that dumb fight song. Oh, he's talking about the mashed oh. potatoes incident. Yeah. Brian's song. Play. Put mashed potatoes on your pants. Maybe this is I'm why it's gonna... called Brian's song. I think it might be. The fighting song. I'm going to get you next training camp. I'm going to get you. You remember the time I put mashed potatoes on your seat and you sat down? That was hysterical. <laughs> oh, I could talk about that for days. Oh. Remember you tried to pretend you didn't sit in the mashed potatoes, but you totally did? Yeah. Why didn't you give me a real potato? Because those were already mashed. <laughs> more mashed potatoes. Can we talk about something else? Can we talk about something else other than the mashed potato? Is it? But it was so funny. Right, Brian? 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 Will we go to hell for this? We might, <laughs> right, Mike? And you know, yeah. Uh, well, we're, we've been really respectful for this movie. We've been listening to most of these sentimental... Until it really movie. mattered. And then we'd laughed at him. Right. I'm just listening so I could make a bit out of this. Oh no! Oh no, he doesn't die on screen. Man. Now, this Gale. is the first interracial hug. Boy, this is terrifying. Brian. I love you, Brian. I love you. This might have been the crying moment. I feel it. Now remember, he's know, like, last year, okay? He's going to live in real life. I don't want to riff because I'm, I want to see if I'm going to cry or not. Wow. Wow. That's the best Muppet impression I've heard. <laughs> That was a great Kermit. You got the role. Uh, I'm here for the role of Beaker. All right, Brian let's Piccolo do what you do. died of cancer at the age of 26. What? Left a wife and three daughters. Three yeah. daughters? Also, that's a great many you loving never met friends. Him. It's a film. Yeah. Listen and think of them often. But when they think of them, it's not how he died that they remember. Right. But rather how he lived. How he lived. How he did live. Oh, he did live. Uh, no movie otherwise. 
Fry is gone. Yes. Wow, Michael is grand. It's yeah, it's a grand production. Uh, Carl, what you think of this movie? I enjoyed this film. I thought it was well done. I didn't like the racism, but come on, what are you going to do? That was the times. This was oh, time out in 1971. It was okay to say the N-word on TV, and they did. Right. Multiple yeah. times. Well, I guess we missed that, so good for us. But... Yeah, that's right. It, Heavy on the mute always... button is worth something valuable when they're saying the N-word. You know, like, I, when it comes to, here we go. Da, da, da. Ugh, creepy. That creepy screen gens S <laughs> at the end. Check out the S from Hell. That's Rodney Asher's short about the Scream Gems logo at the end uh, and how it, it traumatized children. Speaking of traumatizing children, we had just watched Brian's song. I'd never seen it before. I thought it was pretty good. You know? Yeah. For, uh, it seemed to uh, hit the punch. I like the fact that it's only 80 minutes. It launched the career of Billy D. Williams. It did not launch the career of Lou Gossett Jr. Right. It brought yeah. James Bond back to TV, and it had a hit song, which is ridiculous. A lot of men in our genera uh, generation was able to cry. You were allowed to cry. Our dads well, were allowed to cry. I was a boy, cry. not a man. I guess it, uh, I was still a boy then. But, you know, there's a whole generation of men who had permission For this to run, cry. Right. So that's how I always know that film. It was pretty good. Thanks, Carl, for uh, recommending the movie. Uh, we have another movie set up for next week. Here's what we want you to do. Join us every week. You're here at the end of the show. Uh, hopefully you had a good time. Keep that going. Go from, subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Be, uh, listen to mutinyradio.fm. They do live comedy shows in October. There's going to be their eighth annual Mutiny Radio oh. Comedy Festival. Yeah. Uh, in October, so we have a, we have a movie all set up. I'm going to tell Carl once we get off the air what the movie is, but we'll let you know next week. So uh, keep reaching for the stars, keep your feet on the ground, and keep reaching for the stars. See you next week. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Goldman. It's been over one long year watching movies bad, strange, and weird.
Him at OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Artemis Spiderman. But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino. I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown in on. I'll, it's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value and the unexpected laugh was priceless. Hey everybody, it's six o'clock. It's six o'clock. It's actually a little past six. Sorry, everybody. Uh, we're being irresponsible comedians. Uh, so it's time for the joke workshop here on mutinyradio.fm and .sf. And we have comedians, and they're all going to do four-minute sets. And after three minutes, you hear the horn, which means you have a minute. And if you want comments, just let us know before your set that you want comments, and we'll give them to you. But if not, we'll just be sucks, and then we'll get out of here uh, and do whatever it is that we do. Uh, there isn't even a, an order of a list today. It's just sort of like we're going to figure it out together because it's not a full list, so it's going to be fine. And uh, yay. So who wants to go first? <laughs> Charlie, Charlie's big, or Dakota wants to go first. So the, the we, you know who's going to go first? He's the, he's the host of the podcast previous to this. Uh, trust me, my friend's an expert. And put your hands together, everybody, for Dakota Price. Yay! Hey, hey guys, it's me. It's, me, it's, hey, it's, it's, your, it's your friend, the one that was talking on the radio for the past two fucking hours and doing all the fun things. Yeah! We're here at Mutiny Radio. How you doing, audience that's of a thousand people with sold-out arena? <coughs> <coughs> right in front. Ah! <laughs> I already look. Me and Spencer like do look like different versions of like the same Pokemon. You know what I'm saying? Like, dog. We could share material. I think. Uh, just got a new tattoo. Little dinosaur. Cool. Uh, that's really it. Uh, um, guys, I. I've been working on this story and it's a true story and it's just it's 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 effects of methamphetamines. That's what's all it is. This is like so in the sm the rural south where I'm from, uh methamphetamines runs rampant. And one thing about this drug that most people don't know is that all it does is just remove the filter from life. You know? Like whatever, you know, you think while you're on meth, that's it's true. That's that's life. That's that's real. There there there's <laughs> like when you're on meth, meth things make sense. It's the only time that they make sense, but they make sense why? Because you're on meth. And the perfect example of this was when I was in jail with a young man named Chevy. 
he was 18 years old. And uh, the night that he got booked into jail, I was also in jail. But it was a ruckus. The jail was very loud and popping that night. It was, it we, we, we heard the, the commotion of him getting booked in. We were ready. We, we, we were wanting to know the story. How'd you get here? You know, and obviously by the time he got to our cell the next day, he uh, had his ass beat. He had like a black eye, you know, uh, he, he just, just meth strat like straddled kid, you know, this, this kid here. And uh, this is the story he told. This is, uh, remember, all of this makes sense because meth, right? He was uh, deciding to get clean and sober. So uh, he had this uh, large amount of drugs, and he just hid them on his purse, and, and this, these close friends of his were going to take care of him. They were letting him stay at his house in his guest bedroom. They were feeding him, you know, like just working. He was, like, working in the yard. Like, they were, like, taking care of him and feeding him. But, like, over a couple days of detoxing from meth, like, he started having, like, psychosis. And the psychosis said, hey, man, you know why they're taking care of you? I don't know Why? Because they're trying to fatten you up to eat you. That's why. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So uh, the only uh, thing I have left to do is uh, I have to eat all of those drugs I've been hiding. I have to eat all of them so they don't get to them. Uh, so he swallowed an eight ball of methamphetamines. He just ate them. Like He was like, I'm going to dispose of them now. He just ate them. And uh, this 18-year-old kid walked two miles to the nearest town from the middle of the woods to th this gas station. All that's in this nearby village was a gas station and a water supply store, right? He goes to this gas station, he runs up to the nearest old woman he sees, and he says, help me, help me, help me. People are trying to eat me. And they were like, whoa, are you, are you okay? And he's like, no, I just need to use your phone because people are trying to eat me. And she was like, I, I don't think I can just hand you my... And he was like, ah, you're lying to me. You have your phone right there. And he grabbed her phone, and then he just couldn't get into it, so he threw it into the woods and ran away. He ran away. And that, that was that. And then he found another old lady. And same, old thi same thing. He was like, help me, help me. People are trying to eat me. And she was like, ah, let me try and roll up the window of my car. Reached in the center console of this fucking car, grabbed her snow globe. Why? I don't know. He grabbed the snow globe, put it in his pocket, ran to the nearby water supply store because... You know, he's exhausted all their options, you know. I'm everybody at the gas station apparently doesn't want to help me, so I'm going to go to the water supply store. So he did what made sense. He shut the power off to the building from the outside. And then he went inside and was like, help me, people are trying to eat me. And that's when the cops showed up, and he held them off for the next six hours. This 18-year-old kid on an eight ball of meth fought <laughs> 14 police officers for six hours. Uh, yeah. And he ended up in a cell with me. I just wanted to work that story out and tell that to y'all. And uh, thank y'all. Thank y'all. Dakota Prize with a scintillating rendition of a meth story. Fantastic. That was lovely. Uh, all right. Your next comedian, he's standing up. Looks like he's ready to go. Put your hands together, everybody, for Charlie Spink. Yay!
Testing one, two, testicle. Woo! Turn it on. No, we're going to take that, flip it, and reverse it, go and rewind. I just found out that the average price of American-made blow-up dolls has gone up 70% in the last year. You know why? Inflation. Hoping that joke would blow up. It didn't. So I'm a lucky fella. Today I was walking down the street and I found a nice, crisp $1 bill. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I'm so happy. This must be what it feels like when a woman finds 77 cents. You call it a wage gap, I call it a vagina. Same difference. They're synonyms. Synonym toast crunch. It's tasty wordplay. I eat jokes like but speaking of the women's rights, they did to you guys last year. The Supreme Court of the United States of America, they overturned Rochambeau. In fact, they signed a paper that says no more scissors. Now women's rights are between a rock and a hard place. Politics! Never like doing a hand signal joke over the radio. That's the best strategy for comedy. Do something. This is my mime impression. You guys are going to love the sounds of this. For everybody listening, the podcast was on before us. There's a young lady giving tattoos on the radio live. And I just realized a young lady giving tattoos live over the radio sounds a lot like a young lady using a vibrator over the radio, which sounds a lot like me using an electric toothbrush while using my vibrator over the radio. Thank you. That joke is touching, touching myself inappropriately. Yes. So all of these jokes were Goodness gracious, serial rapist. What should we talk about next? <laughs> Take that, Caitlyn Jenner. That's a transition. I could do comedy up here. I could. I, I'll talk a little bit about relationships. I am married. Sorry, ladies. But I do most of my stuff here in San Francisco. So sorry, fellas. Hey. I make loins tender in the tender loin. I know. I know. But my wife, you guys, she is a biracial. She's half Filipina, half Caucasian. So she's half vanilla, half Manila. Good little mix. Tasty mix. Now her white side is Italiano, like a good gelato. But I kind of wish it was Czechoslovakian. Because then she'd be Czech's mix, and that's just delicious. Pretzels and pussy, great combo. Sweet and savory. I'm loving it. But any OG will tell you that comedy is about tragedy plus time, so I'll share with you guys a tragedy. My wife was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. Found out I was feeling her breast and there's a lumphia. It's all right, you guys. We served it with rice. It was delicious. Ate it with rice. Now, I don't mean to play the rice card, but as a white man, I think white rice is tastier than brown rice. Does that make me racist? I don't know. I'm just going against the grain, Pam. That's what I'm doing. See, sometimes my white rice jokes, they get people steamed. You didn't hear it. Say walk. That's how I mixed it up. In the walk. Walk this way. Rest in peace, Steven Tyler. Not his life, his career. I mean, come on, Aerosmith is his life. Uh, I'll leave you guys with my mantra, wise words of wisdom. Beauty, much like semen, is often found in the eye of the beholder. 
and I hope you've all come for a great night of comedy. I've been Charlie. You've been Mutiny. Have a great night. You guys are like slow clapping him for his puns. That was fantastic. Yay. All right. Yeah, there's no like official list tonight. I'm just sort of like, are you chomping at the bit? Rafael Wolf, you okay? You, you, look, you look like you're like, you're ready to go. Oh, okay. Well, who's who's ready to, Nick's giving me an, are you winking or is there something in your eye? Do, do you want to go up next? Your shoulder hurting? Do you want to go up next? Okay, put your hands up together, everybody, for Nick Holke, yay! I hate you, I hate you, you stink! Why you smell so bad, why you smell so Thank you. Is this the one? Yeah, this is the one that worked. Howdy. Everyone familiar with ethical non-monogamy? Does that mean anything? Like you're... Okay, it's... Do you use dating apps? It's like the new hip relationship type to be in. Someone's like, I'm ethically non-monogamous. I find that phrase remarkably irritating. And it's not like the act, right? Like having multiple partners, right? You know, chasing away the fear of death with sex. You get it. All been there. But there's something about like, just the terms they choose to use. Like one non-monogamy Feels like we're doing a lot of linguistic hurdles to not use a word that already exists, right? Thin. Polygamy. But it's really, it's the ethical part that I do not like at all. Like plopping ethical in front of it. It's just like that's what big corporations do when they're up to shady shit, right? Like these diamonds are ethically sourced means that a machete-wielding toddler in Africa clawed it out of the earth with bloody fingers. What ethical non-monogamy makes me think, it's like they're trying too hard to like get ahead of you, you know? No, this is ethical, it's good. Makes me think something shady going on and I don't like it. That's the only new thing I thought of. That's, <laughs> the, that's the whole reason I'm here today because I thought about that. Um, but I don't want to just say old things. I'll ramble about Right before I got here, I saw a topless woman with blue hair like directing traffic. And she didn't seem like, it wasn't, she wasn't like homeless. It was more like she seemed kind of like sexy, making some sort of point. I don't know what was going on. All the lights worked fine, too. Confusing. So I've been thinking about that kind of the whole time I've been here, wondering what that was. Um... Oh, I've been I've been dating someone. That's new for me. Thank you. Yeah, how long have I been coming in here talking about like not having sex? It's been a while. But hey, different new topic. Yeah. Um I don't know I have anything to talk about with it. I don't know. I mean, it's uh I don't know, different, right? For me, it's because like I used to, I used to party a lot, so all my dating and relationships were around like drinking and Molly. And I don't drink anymore, so this time around, this is like the first time I've gone from meeting someone to having sex with them with no drugs in between. Isn't that kind of weird? Even for like normal people, isn't like a glass of wine involved somewhere? 
Sex is weird, I think. I still think it's weird. It's an odd thing. I really don't know. I feel like I had a joke that was simmering up somewhere in there. But it vanished a little from me. I don't know. But for me, like, sex, it was always just, like, something for me to get stuck in my head with. Like, I felt like for so many people, they get, like, addicted to sex or it's the way they escape. For me, it's just another thing to overthink. That's what I'm working through. I'm always like, do I go slow? Do I go fast? Do I do this? Do I choke her? Do I choke me? All right. Thanks. Yay! Dick Holke! It's hard to write jokes when you're happy. Must be nice. Must be nice. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, wants to go next? Wait, close the door. Is it because they are being loud? Just uh, say Hunter Uniac's next or something. Hunter Uniac, say Hunter Uniac. Put your hands together for Hunter Uniac! Oh my God, I was just hanging out. Thank you, Charlie Spring, for standing. I appreciate that. It, feels, it seems like you're still doing your set. <laughs> oh my God, how's everybody doing? Um, I'm not doing good. I, I just turned 29. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, like it, being turning 29. Is weird. It really is because once you turn 29, you stop writing jokes. You start talking about how you're 29. You know, <laughs> crazy the guys. Like my knees have started to hurt. Like I pulled my groin two months ago and it's still fucking pulled. All right, I haven't had sex in a year and it's still pulled. What the? F I'm joking. Don't give me that look. <laughs> I was like, no, wait, don't rip. That's crazy though. It is. Um, I fucked up at work on Thursday. Um. If for any of you who don't do construction, I want you to know this. If there's a pipe there, don't touch it. Don't fucking touch the pipe, all right? I don't care how hungover you are, Hunter. Don't touch the fucking pipe, all right? Because as soon as I touched that pipe and the water started gushing out and I remember I haven't had sex in a year, that reminded me of how wet women could be. It was so bad. Like I had to sit there. I was the only person at work at this job site. I had to sit there for an hour with my thumb in something that was incredibly wet and, and not interested me at all. I felt like I had sex again for the first time. Crazy. It is. Um, I, uh, anybody here are children of marriage? And I mean that like, you know, like your, your mom got pregnant and then they got married. Yeah? That's why you're a safety man, Charlie. Yeah. No, but I, I, I I'm a child of marriage in this. My, my, my younger brother is a child of marriage in the sense that I was there for my parents' wedding, and my mom was pregnant with my brother, and I just now realize how fucked that up, fucked up that is to me. You know, because I'm there for my parents' wedding, thinking like, why couldn't they get married for me? Like, how shitty of I was as a fucking pregnancy? Like, how, how much was I kicking my mother's stomach? Which, like, you know, I'm not marrying you for this kid. Like, fuck this kid. Also, as a toddler, I'm not marrying you. This toddler's a piece of shit. But as soon as my mom gets pregnant with my little brother, she's like, I can tell I'm going to love this one. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. Dude, I was the ring bearer. You know how crazy it is to be the ring bearer, handed off your parents' love, and be like, yeah, we love your son. We love your brother. There's a better way to write that. I'll figure it out. Crazy though, guys. I was a ring bearer for two weddings. Like, how cute of a kid was I? Where I was a ring bearer for two different weddings. You know what I mean? Like, Have you ever seen an ugly ring bearer? No? You're looking at one now. 
<laughs> Don't applaud for that. Fuck you. <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, now I'm cocaine bear. <laughs> that's crazy. It is, though. Like, at my parents' wedding, too, I, rem- I, I have a vivid, a vivid memory of me just sitting in the back of the pews. I don't know why I was sitting in the back of the pews. I was their kid. All right, like apparently they were like, yeah, let's put it as far away as possible from all of us. And the worst part is, too, there were three people at my parents' wedding. It was um, not including my parents. It was a priest, me, and my dad's sister. And I didn't realize till after that. I, I just thought nobody loved my mom and dad, and they didn't want to come to see the wedding. But it turns out after, they, they married in secret, and the only person they told was me and my mom's sister. And I have ADHD, and I say everything. So I'm the one who ruined my parents' wedding to my grandma. That's so crazy. There's a better way to write that. All right, I'll leave you with this. Um, I like my pizza like I like my sex. Fold it in half. I like my pizza like I like my sex. Given to me by a stranger at DoorDash. I like my pizza like I like my sex. I won't eat it with fruits, but I'll fuck a vegetable. All right, guys, it's my time. Hunter Uniac. Hunter Uniac! Hooray! I like that callback. Uh, bye, Nick. See you later. Yeah, um, congratulations on your new happiness. I'm so <laughs> I know. Oh, everyone's in love. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Your next comedian, also in love. Put your hands. Rafi, you want to go up next? It's Raphael Wolfgang. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Keep it going for Pam, everybody. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Thanks for putting this on, as always. So, uh, yeah, I went to the uh, Pride Parade a couple weekends ago. Give it up for Pride, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you've never been to the Pride Parade, you know, it's really cool. You should go. You know, San Francisco one's the biggest in the world. You know, go be an ally. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It really is. It's a lot of fun. It's very gay. Very, very gay. I don't know if you know these Pride guys, but they're super gay. They should they should call it the Gay Pride Parade. You know what I mean? <laughs> Super gay, yeah. Now, uh, <laughs> imagine if you didn't know what the Pride Parade was. You just showed up. You're like, oh, shit, it was gay. Oh, fuck. Oh, I was just proud of my son. Oh, there he is. <laughs> no. um, but, yeah, it was fun. It was very, very fun. Uh, it, it was funny. It was very funny. I don't know, people get really weird about thinking that gay people are funny. If you don't think gay people can be funny, then you've clearly never been to the Pride Parade or met Brady. Very funny guy, but... <laughs> You've clearly never been to the Pride. Like everyone there is, you know, having a good time and laughing. It's a lot of fun. People are fucking woo, dancing around, naked dicks flying around everywhere. It's fucking insane. It's really a lot of fun. I saw this one guy. I swear to God, just no pants, just full rock hard cock, and just a thin jacket. Just like, oh my god, I'm so chilly. Oh Lord, why am I so cold? <laughs> Blowing around in the wind. Just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of naked dick, though. Uh, that, that's one thing. It was a little freaky for me, you know, as a straight guy, you know. Uh, I don't think that's homophobic, you know. They, they, I don't know. They might have all been straight. I didn't ask, you know. I didn't ask the guys with the cocks out if they, hey, are you straight? You're going to have to put that away. Anyway, uh, I was thinking, uh, you know, I was, I was really wondering. I was like, why, why does it freak me out so much, you know, at the Pride Parade, but not, like, I see so much dick in porn. Like, I've seen a lot of dicks. Like, why am I okay with it in porn, but not in real life? Like, I, w- I like blowjob videos. That's mostly just a, like, front, like, the woman is the background of a blowjob video, right? Like, I saw this, 
I saw this one video. It really is. Like I saw this one video, this, uh, this blowjob video, and it's just a big fat, just front and center, like eighty percent of the screen, just a huge fucking. And I'm just like, oh yeah, this is gonna be fucking awesome. Yes, this is gonna be great. Yes. And then about five minutes later, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait for the woman to show up to suck this dick. Oh yeah, it's gonna be so good. And then a second dick entered the frame, and I went. Wah! 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 Just coming everywhere. But then a woman showed up at the end and sucked both the dicks, and I went, oh, thank God. It's still straight. Whew, all right. I was going to have to have a conversation with my mom, but I think I'm good now. Oh, Jesus, go get my work computer wiped up. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, this is something I just wrote down, but um, isn't it crazy that, like, uh, you know, like bottled water, it's a classic thing with bottled water. Like, how the fuck did companies convince people to buy bottled water? This shit's free. You can get it so e it falls from the sky. It's free, so that's why I'm becoming a male prostitute because apparently you can just make money with free shit. You know, I can't believe anyone pays for that shit. It's fucking slant. It's so easy to get dick. Anyway, that's my time. You guys have been awesome. Give it up for your host, everybody. Woo! It's easy to get dick. I disagree, my friend. I disagree. Uh, yay, Raphael Wolfgang. Hey, your next comedian. Ugh, just one of my favorite people in the whole world. Clap your hands together for Spencer Devine. Yay! Ah. People are on a real hallucinogens kick in the last recently, allegedly. Uh, I can't handle it. Uh, I decided a fair amount of time ago that, uh, I was done doing hallucinogens in the daytime, which is the only good time to do them, because at nighttime is when the demons come out. Uh, and in the daytime, I have very strict rules. Not many of them, but my one main rule is that I need the floor to do what the floor does, okay? Just be the floor, okay? I don't, I don't need you wibbly wobbling, because here I am inside my brain, uh, and it's like I'm in The Empire Strikes Back, but what I'm watching is fucking Phantom Menace. It's terrible. I'm inside reality and I know that shit's fucked up. Just fucking be the floor. I don't need you to tell me anything about myself. I don't need you to be beautiful. I don't need you to become the sky. Just let me walk on you normal. And sure, okay, mushrooms are a slightly gentler version of ass. But, God, they treat my anxiety just like it were any old anxiety. It's just like they treat them the same. I'm still as anxious, okay? I don't know how to dose that shit. Doesn't matter if you put it in a chocolate bar or an enema. I'm still going to get anxious. Stop getting creative. Uh, 
I'm I work at a dispensary, um, which means that I make a lot of playlists. And that's all I have to say about that. Uh, uh, do you guys know carrier pigeons, right? From from the war, people are like, man, what a what a brave, what a brave soldier. Okay, traveling across battlefields to carry messages that were vital to the war effort. Like, sounds really heroic. But the other name for that pigeon is a homing pigeon. And what that means is we kidnapped those pigeons, took them to war, and then we treat them like heroes when they're like, yeah, I know how to go home. I'm getting the fuck out of here. It was just legal desertion, okay? You train a bird to desert war, and it's like, oh, what a hero. But if, like, a guy goes to war and he's like, oh, I know how to get home, they're like, ah, no, you don't. You're a criminal. So I don't understand. I don't even get why gun control is a debate. You know, everyone's like, ooh, guns are so dangerous. You get a gun, you don't get a gun, you get a gun. But, like, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, the original writings, it said we help all have the right to bear arms, okay? B-E-A-R, uh, which is, is the literal translation of the document, which would have been a safer America, because think about it. Have you ever seen a bear with a gun? No, you have not. They had they, they have not the thumbs for it. Okay, are you telling me that the nation would be a more dangerous place if people could climb trees better and enjoy honey more thoroughly? I think not. And people are like, oh, bear claws are so dangerous. Yeah, maybe for my appetite. What's up? Bear claw jokes. Uh, that's it. Yeah, uh, I can't find my comedy notebook, so right now I have zero jokes. And that means these are all new. You're welcome. Spencer Devine, everyone. What's up? Every joke is new. Everybody look for his book. It's around somewhere, I promise. Uh, all right, Denise, you want to go up next? Put your hands together for your next comedian, it's Denise Lee. Uh, Spencer's so smart with some political opinions. Uh, I wish, I wish, I, I wish I was one of those comedians who had like more political opinions, but I don't. Okay, like, uh, like in elementary school, we had to do a report on our favorite former president, and I just chose Thomas Jefferson because I thought he was the hottest one. I was like, oh, he has a great jawline. And I also thought he was hot because he was, like, an artist. I was like, oh, he's an author. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. Uh, like a declaration daddy or something. At work, we have to play, like, icebreaker questions. Uh, and one of the icebreaker questions was, like, which former president would you have over for dinner? And I panicked, and I said Donald Trump, simply because I thought he looks like he eats good. <laughs> Like, if I asked Trump to bring dessert, like, I would not worry about him bringing a fruit salad, you know? Um, like, I, I would never have Obama over for dinner. I once read an interview that Obama's favorite snacks are bottled water and mixed nuts. That's not a snack, okay? That's a last resort. 
I respect culture a lot, though. I respect culture, and I'm an Asian woman trying to keep up with cultural traditions. So I date a lot of white men, 